0: That's the most important thing about community to me. It's not about finding a guitar player or something. It's about like letting people who you respect, right? Hear what you're doing and and comment on it before it goes out to the wider world. And I think as you do that, and then I think this is probably with your community as well. And Modern Musician, it's like the odds of you putting something out that people are going to embrace and like on the fan side of things is much
1: higher. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, excited to be here today with Daniel Rowland. So Daniel is an LA-based audio engineer and producer, educator, visual artist, and tech executive. He's currently the head of strategy and partnerships at Lander Audio, which is an online distribution, mastering, collaboration platform, which has grown to nearly 5 million artists, which is amazing, and I mean, if you're a musician, then it's likely you've probably heard of Lander at some point. If you haven't, you should totally go check it out because it's such a cool tool to help you to improve the quality of your songs. And something I'm personally really excited to kind of geek out and connect with Daniel and hear some of his thoughts about technology when it comes to production and creating music and maybe the future with, with AI and, and, and whatnot. So super cool. Daniel has been a part of numerous international tours. He's produced music for an Oscar-winning Pixar film He's mastered and helped mix many, many different albums, including multi-platinum Grammy-nominated albums, working with projects like Nine Inch Nails, Seal, uh, Flo Rida, Gwen Stefani, uh, The Sandbox, along with dozens of Disney properties such as Star Wars and Marvel. We we're actually just talking a little bit back backstage <laughs> about how we live in Orlando, Florida, about five minutes away from Disney World. Because my wife is a huge Disney fan, he's like, oh yeah, I know Disney. I've yeah, I've done a few things with them. So Daniel, thank you so much for taking the time to, to be here today. Man, thank you for having me, man. Yeah. So to start out with, I'd love to just hear a little bit more about your story and how you got started and kind of found your way here towards you know, being the head of strategy and partnerships at, at Lander.
0: Yeah, mine is, everyone has their own kind of, you know, circuitous path to, to, to getting where they are and mine's certainly no different. You know, I, I started, the ma- majority of my life was as a musician, right? So I wasn't really in music technology. I was a, a player, a guitar player, a singer, you know, comp- to lesser degree a composer. And then, you know, just got kind of, this is in Charleston, South Carolina. And I, I figured, okay, you know, I'd kind of gotten, done as much as I could in, in that space. And I was like, okay, I need to figure something else out. You know, I was playing like five shows a week, drinking way too much. And I was like, okay, what's the next, what do you do now? So I ended up going to college for music technology, like fairly late in life, in my late 20s. And I went and got a bachelor's and a master's degree in recording and music tech. And that's kind of what pivoted me from being a musician into the technology and like music production side of the business. And uh, yeah, from there, just started working on a lot of professional projects. I mean, my my career is basically has three pillars, one of which is the creative side mixing, you know, mixing and mastering that kind of stuff. Some composition, some production, super passionate about education. I've been a college professor for about 15 years teaching music production, MIDI synthesis, composition, you know, recording and Pro Tools, all that. And then probably the biggest chunk of my time these days is tech development. So like you mentioned Lander, I co-founded another company named Audio Tool, which is an online DAW where you can make music in the cloud, several other companies. And I consult for Google and other companies on Web3 and things like that. So like that, that to me now, I used not to be long-winded, but I used to work with artists all the time. And like, that was my focus. Now I work with companies and startups and I kind of, that I treat them kind of like I used to treat artists, if that makes any sense, where I get to contribute little bits and guide them on there their past. So yeah, it's been an interesting kind of trajectory to get to the point where I'm at. And you know, who knows, man, the way technology is going, and I'm sure we're gonna talk about some of this. I have no idea where I'm gonna be in the next two years because I don't know where tech's gonna be. It's growing so fast. It's crazy.
1: Mm. Oh man, that's, that's so cool. Yeah, that's that's interesting what you bring up about how you've been connecting both from the, you have this, the roots from music, but then also you've, you're connecting with this technology world. And there's definitely been one, one thing that I've noticed with You know, building relationships with entrepreneurs and people in the education space, as well as people like in the software world. And it makes me so excited to hear that you're talking about a cloud-based DAW platform. Yeah, as soon as I learned about GitHub and was like, wait, what? All these developers can collaborate on the same project and they can, you know, you can branch out and then, you know, push things back to the main mother branch. And then everyone could have the mother branch. Why does this not exist for you know, music and being able to create music together where it's like, you know, you have the base, the base production and then, you know, you have thousands of people can contribute different parts. And then someone decides, you know, I want to add this branch or I I don't want to add this branch and then update all of it. And it sounds like that might be exactly what you're referring to with the the software that you're working on. Yeah,
0: well, it's interesting. So I guess there's two ways you can look at it. So like, if you're using if you're somebody like me okay who's tr- used to using a traditional like desktop based DAW like Pro Tools or GarageBand or Logic or you know pick the tons of them right there's products like Lander has a collaboration product that will connect DAWs and let you upload load your files to the cloud and iterate on them and everyone can download them and you can really kind of track either with live video or kind of asynchronously not in real time the Trajectory of a project as you move through you know ideation through release. So like Mm -hmm. that's that's really cool if you're used to working with more professional tools. And then the other company, audio tool, I'm involved in is kind of earlier in the user flow than that. In other words, it's a doll that lives in the cloud. So it's like you go into their ecosystem, use their tools, and we can all work collaboratively together at the same time, building up music or recording tracks or whatever. So like one of which is is an assistant for the professional tools it's kind of like an add-on lander is for the professional DAWs that exist and the other one kind of catches everybody who hasn't even gotten that far as far as their understanding of DAWs or whatever and they just kind of want to work in the cloud so it's yeah I try to kind of cover my whole thing is to try to cast the widest net to be as inclusive as many people who want to be creators and a percentage of them will continue to level up and use more professional tools and you know that I work with different companies that address all of those demographics
1: basically. Cool. Well, man, there's, there's a lot of stuff that I feel like I could kind of unpack or ask you about. Like, there's like five different paths that I want to go on right now just to to hear your thoughts. But definitely would love to dig into, you know, Lander and just that as a tool. And and for everyone who's listening, which is predominantly musicians, how they can leverage the technology that's available today to streamline their creative flow, which is amazing. And then also along that path, I'm excited to kind of zoom out a little bit further. And like you mentioned, things are changing so quickly, but some of these movements around what you just mentioned, you know, opening up, opening up the playing field now. So more people who wouldn't traditionally be considered a creator, especially from a musical standpoint can use, you know, tools like artificial intelligence to be able to make it so that like splice for example like there's probably people who are very successful now who don't know how to play an instrument but they can go on splice and have amazing sounding samples and have yep. you know in some in some cases a lot of benefits that you don't necessarily have even if you're a really amazing keyboard player but you don't necessarily know how midi works or how to integrate with things
0: yeah 100 um, just to, just a comment on that man i mean like what that's what I mean, you're a producer in that case, right? What are, there's a lot of producers I know who aren't either aren't musicians at all or aren't great musicians, right? I've, I probably consider myself one. And, you know, it's more about curation and relationships, right? And picking the right people to do the right things and assembling the right team. And if that's very similar to what something like Splice or Lander Samples or Loop Masters or anything else is where you're going in and kind of, you know, cur- I say this all the time that we've gotten to a point where curation is creation, right? So mm-hmm. your taste is you know a creative outlet, even if you're not the one actually doing the creation. We've looked at DJs for a long time as that, right? What they're doing is oftentimes curating other people's music and understanding how to present it and when to present it to an audience. And with all these AI tools and samples and loops and the, the widespread availability of that, yeah, your ability to pick things that you like, even if you didn't create them, is just as valid as is somebody like me who may play it on guitar or drums or something, I think.
1: Wow. I love that curation is becoming, you know, creation itself. Like, it seems like we're kind of tapping into what is creation at its root or what is like the creative impulse, you know, and for all of us as, as yeah. musicians, and just as human beings, right? Like we've experienced like creative flow or creative energy. And, and a lot of times people will kind of speak to how it's almost like they're channeling, like like it's coming through them and it's almost like an out-of-body experience. And it seems like a lot of the most talented performers even will, it's like they don't have to think about where their fingers are going to play the piano. It just happens and it kind of is channeled through them. And so it sounds like what you're saying is that as time is moving forward, these tools are getting better and better and better at being able to interpret. What's the actual meaning, the intention behind the creative thought and being able to kind of take that creative thought, even if you don't have the the path the neural pathways built to bring your to your fingers right. to be able to play it to be able to interpret that creative impulse and be able to turn it into an actual an actual tangible you know thing to communicate
0: boy and it's yeah that's you actually said that really well and by the way and when i say what i just said about the curation is you know creation all that kind of stuff that's not to to discount virtuosity, right? Or or the craft of learning how to play an instrument or compose a song like that, that is still like the, the height of creativity, at least to me personally. But a lot of these tools are designed to kind of meet people where they are understanding that not everybody has access to a piano or a guitar or whatever, right? And just kind of get people in the door to realize, you know, everyone's adopted being a photographer and being a videographer through social media and all this stuff. Like, where is the funnel for music creators that, that might have not thought of is music as an outlet beyond just being a fan, right? So a lot of those tools really are the onboarding ramp for that. And those people may go on to be virtuoso cello players and, and piano players and you know songwriters and all that kind of stuff. So, But what, what you said that I thought was very interesting is the idea that these tools are really lowering the barrier. So just like even if you don't have the, the language to convey what you want or you don't have the skills, right, the neural pathways to perform it yourself. They kind of meet you where you are and however you can describe it, you can make things appear. I mean, just to go on a quick little tangent, I think most people are probably familiar with, and if you're not, you should check it out. Things like, you know, Dolly 2 in Mid Journey, right? The text, text to image and now becoming text to video creation, right? Where you can literally just type in something you want to exist and you will see an artistic rendering of that or video of that. And how that's now coming online in the music world where you can describe what you want. And it won't just go out there and find some loops or samples that might you could maybe assemble that will actually generate that music for you. And that's where we're we are now and where we're gonna continue to go in the next, you know, three, four, five years, where that stuff will be productized and accessible to everybody. So it's really gonna be a brave new world on the creator side of things.
1: Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this conversation is so so exciting to me. I love this stuff. Have you heard of Neuralink?
0: Yeah, I have.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's a pretty crazy, pretty crazy technology, especially when we're talking about this stuff right here is, is sort of interpreting yep. this neural, like the intentions or the thoughts essentially to be able to create something. It seems like what you're talking about right now could kind of provide a bridge so that if there was some sort of implant like Neuralink, this brain interface that could, we could translate those electrical signals into pure music, literally just by you know, sitting and using your thoughts to, to create it.
0: Well, it's funny, there's a device that I picked up, God, maybe two years ago, and I'm trying to remember the name of the company. You no, know, it's driving me crazy. Anyway, it, it, you, you, it's a band you put around your head and there's a bunch of electrodes that basically touch the back of your head. And you, it wirelessly connects to your computer and you can sit and look at the computer and play very basic video games and things with your thoughts, right? So if you wow. envision certain things, you can make them happen. And I was working on a thing in Unity where you can actually play piano by thinking about what you want to happen, if that makes sense. So it's not that it's not, it's very rudimentary compared to what Neuralink I think is going to be able to do, but it's effectively a similar thing, right? Where it's hands free sort of with with gaming, with music, with all sorts of other stuff. So yeah, that's totally going to be more of a thing here in the next couple of years.
1: <laughs> wow so awesome
0: nerdy stuff hopefully everybody's not <laughs>
1: tuning out but yeah <laughs> yeah it's, I, it's hopefully i mean if, if they're still listening to this podcast and they're probably used to me <laughs> geeking out and being weird so okay, I, think, there you I, think go. We're, I think we're all good so cool so you know it's interesting because you talked about this, this point, which I mean, is sort of a sensitive subject, I think, because there's so much, like so many of us have invested so much time and energy into honing our crafts and honing our instrumentation. And there certainly is a level of like mastery and, yeah. and putting in that, that time that even, even as AI makes it easier and easier for people to create music, even if they don't necessarily have that background, it does seem like kind of similar to there's certain tools right now that are really pretty dang cool that will help you write copy. So like email mm-hmm. like blogs or articles and things sure. where you can type in a few prompts and that AI you know kind of generates a full article for you. So it's like yeah. I want to write an article about musicians and neural interfaces. It, like type write an article and it's going to generate a decent chunk of an article for that topic. And it's not going to be perfect, right? There's going to be some curation. There's going to be, but it's like a nice starting point. And so yeah. it does seem like what you're what you're speaking to with. The people who are going to be the most sort of ready, I think, to to leverage this type of service are the ones who already have mastery and have developed that curation skill, the create the creative skill itself, right? And and then it's, this just saves so much time and energy. Imagine if you could, you know, click on a button on your computer and say, you know what, I just went through this breakup in my life, and here's what I'm feeling, <laughs> here are my thoughts and my emotions right. about it. And here are five of my other songs that I've already released. Here's my most successful one, based on all this, you know, data. And I want to, and I love this song, this song, this song. You know, these are the songs that this kind of reminds me of. You like press a button, bloop, and it pops out yeah. a full song. At least kind of a, like five different versions of the songs. Like, you know, which of these sounds best? And then you kind of take it and roll with it. Um, is that kind of the, how you imagine like a process looking like in the next relative near future?
0: Sure. And that, that exists now, what you basically just described crazy as that is. So there's, (laughs) I'll I'll go into some companies here in a minute, but, but yeah, and I think it's, it's really important because like, so my perspective on this, I'm a musician. I spent a lot of my time went to school for it. I'm a professional audio engineer. I spent a lot of my life perfecting those skills, right? So my immediate reaction, and I've been in this space for about almost a decade now on the Kind of AI powered tool side of things, right? And my first reaction was what I think most P- people's reaction was. It was like, oh, screw that, right? That's here to take my, <laughs> take my job away, and you know, blah blah blah, all this mm. stuff. And I think that's a that's mm. a totally valid reaction, and it's a valid if people actually just feel that way even after we kind of discuss it. But what I realized is for a lot of this stuff. That's actually not what it's doing. So like, if you just just take Lander, not being a shill for Lander, but they're a good example because they were the, one of the first companies ever in this space and they automated mastering. Okay, So of course, I'm a mastering engineer. A lot of my colleagues were like, okay, we're going to be out of jobs in five years. And now it's 10 years later. And I think more music's being mastered by humans now than has ever been. Because what it did, and we didn't know it necessarily at the time, but it really helped educate a huge segment of the music-making public that would never hire a human mastering engineer on the importance of mastering. And they can make their songs and run it through Lander and see what it sounds like and try to do it themselves and really kind of level their skill set up. And as I said earlier, a percentage of them then go on to hire human mastering engineers or do it themselves or whatever, right? And and that was all good. And I think the same, the, the as AI has crept into the composition phase of of. Of music, it gets a little scarier, right? When you can push a button and just generate music. So a human doesn't need to even be involved in the inception of the idea. But what you said is true. A lot of those tools can be great helpers for musicians as far as increasing your efficiency or being a collaborator to give you feedback and ideas that maybe you wouldn't have thought of as far as helping you compose in genres that maybe you're not super familiar with as far as not to be long-winded, but as far as being standalone one button push tools that will generate a fully fleshed piece of music. That's comparable to what a human would do. A talented human. They're not there. They're not really there yet. Okay. So it's not something that, that is going to put anybody out of a job necessarily at the moment. There are challenges in the future. I see, especially in sync licensing and advertising work and stuff that, that we'll see come up. But a lot of it's just not as good as what people think it is, or what it's advertised to be at present. If that makes any sense.
1: Mm. Yeah, that that totally makes sense. Yeah, it sounds like what you're saying is that, for the time being, at least, these tools, yeah, you know, they they don't necessarily take away from your ability to create, but they just make the process easier, and they take away things that, you know, that can be done for you earlier on, so that you can focus more on the parts that you uniquely can contribute and maybe some that's more around curation.
0: Yeah, for, for the most part, especially on the engineering and the mastering and the mixing and the restoration side of things, yes. And the creator tools, like, I'm a perfect example of this. Like I don't have time to compose much music anymore, but when I do, I use some AI tools to help me with that. And they work exactly the way that you described where I can make a couple selections and it'll like render an orchestral score for me, or I can upload music that I've composed or that I like as influences and it will use that as a guide and it will give me back a MIDI score and then I can manipulate that score and we can continue iterating back and forth and come up with stuff that maybe takes me out of my comfort zone or my box or helps me with time management, et cetera, et cetera. So I use a tool called AVA, A-I-V-A, which is pretty, what probably the most deep, tool developed so far feature set wise when it comes to ai composition but there's a whole bunch of them out there like every day i see a new one pop up so anyway there's there's a lot going on
1: well i'm definitely gonna check that out that sounds really yeah,
0: cool yeah it's crazy
1: awesome so i'd love to dig a little bit into lander as a service and sort of the sure. journey with how you how it was created and 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 what are some of the biggest i'd I say to start with What are some of the biggest challenges that you see musicians struggling with when they first come to Lander and and what kind of challenge do you guys overcome?
0: Yeah, it's it's actually an interesting question because, you know, I've mentioned already Lander started as AI mastering and then it was like, okay, we'll just, that'll be the business. We'll be an AI mastering company. We'll help people make their music sound better. Great. That's pretty decent sized market. But what we found when we started that is people are users kept giving us feedback on their pain points, right? Which I guess any company gets, right? On what they wish existed in the world and what what their struggles in making music. And what we found was that a big part of their struggles was how fractionalized the music creation tool space is. So like, if you want, if you j- pretend you're just starting to make music, I know a lot of people listening to this have been doing it for years and you have to pick a DAW to use, right? A, a digital audio workstation. And you've got to pick the microphone and the, you got to pick the audio interface. You've got to pick the plugins. You've got to pick, how do you distribute your music, right? How do you collaborate with other people? All those things exist and companies do those things extremely well, right? At varying price points, but there's no platform that's really integrated them all together for like a turnkey solution. You can just go to and have everything you need and then go tack stuff on as you learn more and grow and, and that type of stuff. So Lander over the years has, has kind of grown to to be that where we literally are the only company that i know of in the history of the music industry that encompasses everything you could possibly need from the moment you come up with an idea including a daw including all the plugins and instruments you need To ways to collaborate like I was talking about earlier live with other people or do project management in the cloud to all the samples you could need to just unlimited distribution unlimited mastering access to talent if you need to hire somebody to shoot a video for you or give you feedback on a song or promote your music like everything under one umbrella for you know under 15 bucks a month or whatever something that's affordable long story short so that's what we are as a company and it's it's really it's very challenging because it's so broad and like not just developing and all that stuff, but messaging that properly to people because they're just used to being messaged like, Okay, you need this DAR, this mic, but this is saying, No, this is everything. Um yeah, it's been it's been cool. And we've been very lucky, especially in the past year, to bring on, you know, many of the major companies in the music industry as partners who have who've like looked at what we're doing and saying, oh, damn, we should be, we should help them do that because it's just going to help more people make music. So whether it's, you know, the focus rights of the world or like Avid or Ableton or Archuria or any of these companies, Spitfire, it's been cool. So they've helped contribute things that we can offer our users, uh, either knowledge-wise, education-wise or product-wise to kind of level out and even out the platform. So anyway, that's, that's basically what Lander is.
1: Wow. So cool. So it sounds like (laughs) <laughs> you're basically you've you have created and you're creating what we've been talking about for this entire conversation about how do you st- which is how do you take someone who has an idea and as easily and streamlined as possible be able to translate that idea into an actual production into a high quality sounding production is that Absolutely. a fair way of putting it
0: that's a fair way to put it and lander's approach is a little different than some of the ai platforms we were talking about that kind of you know compose the music for you we don't do any of that we're more about like if we can provide all the tools somebody could need, and then we provide the education touch points to help kind of shepherd them along the journey, then that's good enough for, for a lot of music creators. So we tend to focus on that side of things. So we have AI mastering, but that's the main AI component of the platform. So that's you know that's everybody, that's me, that's my students, that's people more professional than me, there's stuff there for them to use. So that's really, that's the approach
1: I understate. All right, let's take a quick break from the podcast so I can tell you about a free special offer that we're doing right now exclusively for our podcast listeners. So if you get a ton of value from the show, but you want to take your music career to the next level, connect with a community of driven musicians and connect with the music mentors directly that we have on this podcast, or if you just want to know the best way to market your music and grow an audience right now, then this is going to be perfect for you. So right now we're offering a free two-week trial to our music mentor coaching program. And if you sign up in the show notes below, you're going to get access to our entire Music Mentor Content Vault for free. The vault's organized into four different content pillars: the first being the music, then the artist, the fans, and last but not least, the business. When you sign up, you'll unlock our best in-depth masterclasses from a network of world-class musicians and industry experts on the most cutting-edge strategies right now for growing your music business. On top of that, you'll get access to our weekly live masterminds, where our highest-level modern musician coaches teach you exactly what they're doing to make an income and an impact with their music. Then, once a month, we're going to have our Music Mentor Spotlight series. And that's where we're going to bring on some of the world's biggest and best artist coaches and successful musicians to teach you what's working right now. And one of the most amazing parts is that you can get your questions answered live by these top level music mentors. So, a lot of the people that you hear right here on the podcast are there live interacting with you personally. So, imagine being able to connect with them directly. On top of all that, you'll get access to our private music mentor community. And this is definitely one of my favorite parts of Music Mentor and and maybe the most valuable is that you're going to have this this community where you can network with other artists and link up, collaborate, ask questions, get support, and discuss everything related to your music career. So if you're curious and you want to take advantage of the free trial, then go click on the link in the show notes right now and sign up for free. Uh, From there, you can check out all of the amazing content, uh, connect with the community, and sign up for the live masterclasses that happen every week. This is a gift for listening to our podcast, supporting the show. Um, so don't miss it out. Go sign up for free now, and uh, let's get back to our interview. Based on the very little that that we've connected, based on this conversation, it wouldn't surprise me having your noggin in there if you know the, the future in five, ten years, like AI is like a heavily a part part of that that ecosystem. But. So cool. It sounds like Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we'll keep that, keep that, keep something for the humans. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Lander's definitely
0: on the side of, of kind of leaving that more to the humans. But the last thing I'll say before we move on is that the reason I got involved in the AI space, I kind of stumbled into it. I'm not, I was not some super tech savvy person. I don't want anybody to listen to this and think I was like some genius programmer and musician. No, I'm a musician and a creative person who kind of knows what I like to hear and what I would like to see out in the world. And I enjoy educating people. That's a a huge passion of mine. So I got involved because I want people who are in the music industry to be shepherding this technology instead of just leaving it up to businesses who are going to make very dry, uncreative decisions with what to do with it, if that makes sense. So I would much rather, instead of being a passive bystander, shaking my fist at tech that scares me, be somebody that's involved in making it be something that works for all of us. So that's kind of what Lander does. And that's kind of any company I work with, that's got to be their MO or I'm not going to be involved.
1: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that's that's super cool. And I can definitely relate. Like a lot of the things that you're talking about, I, I feel like I personally can really relate to with Modern Musician. All of our team members, we have 35 team members and they're all musicians themselves. Oh. and. It really our core focus is similar to what you just described, but on the side of now that they've worked with, you know, a service like Lander, they've honed their craft and they have this music, what are some different ways they can get it heard by the right people who are gonna resonate with it? And how can they, you know, turn it into a career? And it seems like there's a ton of alignment with what you guys have built. And what we don't really focus on at all with modern musician, which you know, is mostly just because there's people who are smarter than I am, who have way, way more experience. Like what you guys are doing with Lander, that we can point people towards. But that's such a, I mean, that's like the root. It's the, it's the heart of artists and creators is their creation and that creative process and being able to help them to have like to be able to shape their voice and be able to express that in as you know powerful and as impactful a way as possible is. Really, really cool work. So I would super appreciate what you guys are working on. I think it's really cool and looking forward to hopefully staying connected over a long period of time and, and figuring out how we can personally contribute to your vision and helping artists in our community, you know, use the tools that are available to them nowadays to also just make the creative process more streamlined
0: definitely and i'll throw that right back at you because equally as important these days is helping people make more music and make it sound better is like what the hell do you do with the music after you make it you know what i mean so i know that's part of at least part of the focus of yours is how do people monetize and get you know a social following and actually get some traction if that's what they want to do with the music that they make so that's yeah equally as valuable and is important
1: yeah just connecting connecting the music with the right fans who are most likely to resonate with it right 100% cool So could you walk me through a little bit, let's say that I'm an artist right now listening to this and I've heard about Lander before, and maybe I've even like played around with like a demo at one point. I'm like, wow, this is pretty cool. And they're just wondering like, where do I, where do I get started with Lander? If I want to kind of, you know, tip my, tip my toes into the pool or kind of look at the tip of the iceberg, what does it look like for them to be able to get started with Lander as a service?
0: Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, you can go to the platform. We've got, you know, and obviously for your, you know, listener, we'll, I'll give you codes and stuff you can give out so people can try it out 110%. But Lander's got a, you know, some stuff that you pay for, it's a subscription, basically. So, the way that Lander works is we've got a whole bunch of stuff, as I just, I won't even go back into it that we have that you can go engage with individually. But the real way to do it is under our kind of, you know umbrella subscription that i said is like whatever 14 15 bucks a month and that's where you just get everything under the sun if that's what you want and you know again covering distribution and and things like that as well and that's really the way to do it is to go test to go try that out there's a lot of free tools on lander as well that i would really encourage that i don't think a lot of people know about that you should take advantage of all that collaboration stuff i talked about is free on lander so like if you want to go work with A team of people, whether you're a small record label or an independent musician, and you want to collaborate and have real-time video chat with timestamp video and audio comments on songs and iteration of mixes and all that's all free. So like, you know, yeah, it's, it's worth going and playing around with the platform. Even if you decide, oh, you know, the mastering's not for me, or I've got a distributor, it doesn't matter, there's plenty of stuff there to take a look at, you know, without, before you even get into the samples and plugins and all that stuff. So that, I mean, it's that's a vague answer, but yeah, I would just go, you know, jump on the site lander.com, not to be a shill for Lander here, but I think it is an interesting approach in the industry as far as casting a wide net and, and, and it's worth a look because there's probably something there that you're gonna dig.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah, and so if if I remember correctly, I mean, like the Lander, the way you described it, it started out as a mastering service. That is, I mean, an incredible mastering service as well. Like, you know, for you as an, a lot of you that are listening to this right now, probably have used Lander at some point or know of it yeah. because it's such a cool tool to be able to make your music, your demos, your your songs, sound you know, significantly better just with a few seconds of like uploading it to Lander. So that sounds super cool. And I would would love to talk with you more about some of those new, some of the features, some of the the direction that you're moving towards in terms of, if I'm understanding it correctly, it sounds like you're building more of a holistic community center to Lander so that it really is a place where you go to network and connect with other creators and be able to workshop these ideas together. So yeah, maybe we could talk a little bit more about that community side and what kind of, so you you mentioned it was that was out of direct feedback from people saying like, this is it's fractured. We want to connect it, but maybe you could tell me a little bit more about those community features.
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, there's two, two types of kind of fractionalization. The one we talked about already was a fractionalization of the tools and services, right. That you need to make and monetize your music. And the other side is just, where do I go to meet either people I want to collaborate with, you know, that's in an, in a music ecosystem, right. Or to, Get hired, maybe if I if I have a skill that somebody else doesn't have, and they want to pay me for, or hire somebody to do something that I'm not good at. That's not you know going to cost me an arm and a leg, you know, because not everyone lives in L. A. or New York or Atlanta or Chicago, you know, the, in a major city where they have access to to whatever they would need. So that was a big focus of ours. Geez, probably three or four years ago, where we built out what we call our network, which is where you go. you got th- thousands and thousands of people on there, and it's. It's kind of a linked, I mean, I hate to say it's like a LinkedIn for musicians, but you go there and you have a profile at lists. you know, you can put all your demos up there, you can put all your skills, the gear that you have, if you want, it's really a bio about who you are and people connect with each other and, you know, you can be hired directly on there, which is cool. So like I get, I get hired a lot to be a mastering engineer, a mixed person from that. Other people get hired to be guitar players or top liners or just about anything. And it's less about the getting hired part though. That's really cool. And it's more just a place to go connect with you know the people either close to you or across the world that are you know doing stuff that you vibe with so yeah that's been it's we we had to learn that lesson actually it's it's one thing to go build tools that people use but those won't ever really get traction if people can't go share and have a sense of community with the people using those tools, if that makes sense, right? It would be like mm-hmm. if Instagram, well, I guess it used to be this, if Instagram was just a bunch of filters for pictures without the social side of it, it would have never grown to be what it is, right? You need to serve the the creative technical tools and you also need to build the community around those tools. And that's kind of what we've done, again, holistically to to try to link all of that together.
1: Hmm. Cool insight. Yeah, so, so having the tools is really important because, You know, if you're trying to cut down a tree and you're using your bare fingers versus having like a (laughs) chainsaw, you know, like it's having the tool is incredibly important, but just as important as having the community that's going to support you around using those tools. You know, I've heard a lot of smart quotes around you you become like the five people that you spend the most of your time with. But just as as humans, we're such social creatures and our environment means so much, especially in the music industry. The networking is so important. It's kind of like. If we're we're going with the tree analogy, it's like, you know, your community is like where you're going to plant your tree and you want to be intentional with um, the community that you're putting around it, put fertile soil, as opposed to like putting kind of weeds around it that... Are going to harm the progress of being able to, to blossom. And so that's what you guys are creating, such as this fertile soil, this fertile soil for all of these beautiful tree <laughs> creators to come <laughs> nice. I like to it. grow that together.
0: <laughs> yeah. And you know, the thing, it's funny, I always considered myself to be like, no, I'm a creator. I don't I create alone, right? I like being in the studio by myself and coming up with stuff and maybe working with other people, but I've tend to be kind of a loner in that regard. And I know there are people who are that way, but the reality is. I mean, I, I think I, I just had anxiety around kind of sharing what I was working on with other people. So trying to build a community where you can get feedback on what you're working on as you iterate and, and feeling like, you know, you can put stuff out there that's not completely done. So you can, you know, learn to get better and get people's opinions on it. That's the most important thing about community to me. It's not about finding a guitar player or something. It's about like letting people who you respect right? Hear what you're doing and, and comment on it before it goes out to the wider world. And I think as you do that, and then I think this is probably with your community as well. And modern musician, it's like the odds of you putting something out that people are going to embrace and like on the fan side of things is much higher, you know?
1: Mm. That totally makes sense. Yeah. The along that analogy, it's like you want it to, you want to be sur- surrounded those trees when they're first starting out and they're kind of their new blossoms, right? They're kind of fragile. And you you know, you need to keep on nurturing them. And so if you're not careful with where you put that tree, then someone might come stomp on it. But <laughs> if you kind of I like this analogy,
0: it. you're diving in on this and it's working. So <laughs> yeah, you're it's true, man, creative, your creativity is fragile, you know, like, I don't care how badass you are, you still have something in you that, you know, is going to react negatively. If somebody shits all over uh, that's something you're working on, that's a work in progress, right? So you do want to surround yourself with people who yeah, or you know, give constructive feedback and are supportive of what you're trying to do.
1: Yeah, and it's not kind of don't
0: like squish that. your plant. Don't squish my plant.
1: <laughs> don't don't stuff on the plant. It kind of reminds me of that Goo, Goo dolls song, "Iris." Yeah, I don't want the whole world to see me. I'm not sure if they'll understand. It seems like that's just part of one of our deepest core human good nature is to be seen fully and expressed for who we are, and this fear of being seen fully and and being accepted. Yeah. Well, anyways kind of zoom back from the, the analogy we could go places with this analogy for a while but right. maybe we can maybe we can geek out a little bit more about the future of technology and kind of where where you think that things might be headed towards i mean already you've illuminated me on a few of the software services that are available right now today that you're using that are super cool that that you know, help to streamline this process of production um, where do you personally think that we're moving towards in terms of being able to Take that creative process and make it even more seamless.
0: Yeah, geez. So there's a lot of ways to go with this. I you mean, know, so a couple of trends, right? Just just broadly, one of which is, is probably familiar with, but it's really with knocking, blurring the lines between fan and creator, right? And we've already talked about some AI tools that really are starting to do that, right? Where you can really start to create, even if you don't have necessarily a lot of knowledge. And creating doesn't mean You know, doing a symphony or something like that, right? It means participate. And, you know, at the same time, we see the whole Web3 thing kind of on the horizon, even though it's in a bit of a down cycle right now, where you're really empowering fans to, and, and creators to kind of gain sovereignty over their content and really be able to engage with fandom in a new way. And those things, I do think there's going to be a convergence of those two things where you're really going to start to see more not just fan ownership in in the music they like but participation in the creative process and you know artists and fans can kind of win together that sort of thing And that's kind of a utopian concept but i do think we're going to start to see some success around that where you have these ai tools empowering fans and you have kind of on the monetization side of things uh web 3 and enabling a different relationship between artist and fan Hmm. um Yeah. And the other side of things is just, you know, I'm seeing a lot going on with the gamification of creation. And now this is interesting. So if you look at like Roblox as an example, right? Everyone listening to this, unless you have kids, right? And I I just had a daughter. She's not old enough to play Roblox yet. You probably haven't spent a lot of time in Roblox, but a lot of kids do, right? A, A large chunk of of the world under the age of let's say 13 do that. And you're starting to see music making built into that platform with companies like splash as an example, which lets kids get on stage and DJ or choose loops and build things, songs up and things like that, join virtual bands, even if they don't have a lot of knowledge. And I think we're really going to start to see a lot of opportunity because there's that, there's an inbuilt community there. You got millions of kids and you have kids creating within those ecosystems. You're going to see a lot of ways to, you know as you already do to monetize that you know that music the merchandise or the virtual merchandise virch that goes with that is the metaverse stuff kind of comes around as well so there's i guess i'm rambling here but there's a lot of opportunities on the horizon for people listening to this podcast creators in general to find new channels to a connect with fans they haven't already connected with to have a deeper connection with fans they do have And to get their music into arenas they might not normally consider is outlets beyond just streaming and band camp and things like that, right? So I think it's just important to kind of keep your ear to the ground about what's up. There's a lot of BS out there too, and noise, right? And stuff that's scammy, especially in the web three space, but some of it is going to kind of peek through the clouds. And I think we will see a a bit of a new direction in the industry over
1: the next five years or so. Awesome. That is another topic that we could probably spend a couple Gosh. of hours just digging into right <laughs> no. now is like NFT stuff. We yeah. just heard back from a dapper wallet. So, so we're we're building a music NFT integration for, for our software as a service that nice. uses Flow blockchain, has of a course, dapper yeah. wallet integration. And there's some super, I mean, that, that's one of the most exciting ideas for you for to talk about is like the, the future of what do NFTs look like from a standpoint of you know iTunes for digital downloads Spotify for streaming and then like what is it for music nfts which is we're still like sort of figuring it out
0: yeah I just we just need to take the, the 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 name literally the name nft and ball it up and throw it in the trash can and and people would have a lot less visceral reaction to the concept if we just named it something else digital collectibles just call it that going forward and I think people would be cool I think nfts have gotten a little bit of a bad rap and I'm not sure where they can recover from that at least with creatives you know and gamers and things like that. So I, I that's super cool you're doing that. Obviously I'm a, I'm a fan, but it'll be interesting to see music is specifically in gaming are two spaces where adoption has you know less than we've seen in other areas. So I'm interested to see how it goes.
1: You made some some awesome points about one of the ideas that you think that we're going to start seeing like a trend is more user-created content, or blurring the lines between you know, fans and creators, so that the fans are actually able to contribute to the creative process in more meaningful ways. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. For anyone who's listening to this right now, who's a musician, who maybe they've started building an audience, and some of them might have you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of fans, or some of them might just have like 100 fans or 200 fans. But regardless of, kind of what amount of fans they have, What are some ways that you think that if they want to be ahead of the wave or or kind of catch the wave as it's cresting when it comes to, you know, being able to create, co-create things with their fans, what are some kind of innovative ways that you think that you can, you know, give more meaningful contributions from fans to the music that, that you could recommend for artists? Oh, wow. I'm
0: probably the worst person to ask, answer that question, but I'll make the attempt. I mean, it's, it's interesting is, you know, even just not even anything new necessarily, but with the rise of of social media over the past 15 years or so, right. That's like the best market research you can do ahead of, you know, releasing a proper like song. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you can get fan feedback on things that you're doing and directions that you're thinking about going and really, you know, and iterate appropriately, I think has been hugely valuable for artists that have have navigated that properly. I mean, of course, you can do things like, I mean, I'll give you an example. Here's an example. Okay. So Lander's, again, not to go on the Lander train again, but this is, other companies are doing this as well. Like doing, partnering with a company is an example to do a contest around some new music you're creating or something like that. So like Lander did a thing where we partnered with some, some significant artists. And they said, instead of just so it was a new way to kind of integrate with mess with their fans, they would give us some samples or some loops, right? And we would say, "Hey, you know, our community, this is not uncommon, create some music out of this, right? So like remix this or whatever. Now it's been done a million times, right? But but going a step farther than that and saying, "Okay, everyone kind of come up with a song. It can be super basic. It's like Legos, you know, put the blocks together or you can play guitar over it or sing over it or whatever." And then let's have our community vote on the ones that they think are the best submissions. Also, nothing groundbreaking about that. But the idea is then is that the artist would come in and pick the ones that the community curated and said, I like these five the best. And those get released as an album. And the artist and the creator share in ownership of the streaming royalties, as do all of the fans that actually voted on the ones that the artist picked. Right. So you're like creating almost like a web 2.5 sort of a situation where you're really, there's like, I guess my point is, and again, rambling about this, there's creative ways to involve the curation of fandom, I keep saying like, you know, curation is creation, like that fans opinions matter because ultimately if you're not speaking to what they like, they're not going to be fans of your music, right? So how do you get them involved earlier in the process, whether it's through social media or through the thing I just was mentioning sort of a contest type thing or what have you, or, or through Web3 and NFTs and that type of stuff. I mean, it's really interesting to see how people are monetizing stems of their music or loops of their music via the Web3 space. I mean, there's just so many different Ways you can go. I, I, you know, last thing here, I always bring up the example of, and maybe they were a little early on this, but what Avenged Sevenfold did in the Web three space with their their Death Bats NFTs, right? Which, and again, forget if you don't like if NFTs aren't your thing, but it's a, just another way to have a fan club and engage with people. Where they, you know, anybody who came into their fan club, which was an NFT fan club, got a a special kind of cartoon rendering of their logo that the fan had the IP rights to do whatever they want with. You can go launch a microbrew with that logo you could go do whatever you want to do with it. you could sell t-shirts and make money off that and not have to share that with the fan you know you got access to special tickets and guitar lessons with the band all these different things right that you can kind of do that gamify the fan experience and that's easy for me to say right and but ultimately there are companies out there that are you know you mentioned dapper of course revelator telly Beat Club, these companies that are building on top of this idea of engaging with fandom in sort of a new way, right? So it it's not necessarily all like cut and dried right now. And as we know, even when the Web3 space, it's not the easiest, easiest onboard in the world. But to me, that presents an opportunity. Like once it's easy and everybody can do it, then everybody's going to do it. Now's the time to kind of dig your heels in and learn a little bit about, you know, again, it could be Web3, it could be something else and try to kind of separate yourself from everybody else. So that was a mm. big ass answer to your question, I realized, but we're <laughs> in a big time. saying that, but like, everything that's coming out of
1: your mouth is pure gold. So I'm, I'm here for <laughs> God, it. I'm um, trying. <laughs> cool, that's su- super cool. So so it sounds like, you know, part of this movement really revolves around ownership and sort of like having a shared identity, I think, which music has always been about that, right? About yep. about having, it, it's about how it expresses yourself. And when you write songs that someone loves, yeah, it's about you, but really it's about them and how they're identifying and connecting and using that song to express themselves. And, yeah, you know, what better way to you know, to, to create that level of relationship than giving them true ownership or giving them a way to literally identify and say like, you know, this is a part of this part of who I am. Yeah. Um, and whether it's through NFTs what? or yeah,
0: yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I just
1: and I was just gonna say the, the one of the practices that you just shared. I, I mean, I've heard of it before, but that was definitely a like, a, oh yeah, like that's an amazing idea. Doing a remix contest where you have fans actually create music on top of your songs. They can remix things. You can choose the winner. I think that that idea alone is like a easily a ten thousand dollar idea for the right the right artist. That's kind of earlier earlier on as an audience. That's a great practice. But then just in general, you know, using mm-hmm that what you talked about, building the relationship with your fans and understanding them and getting feedback from them. There is sort of this co-creative process, that seems like happens just through conversations. Like when we have conversations with people, we're coming together to be able to create something like in that conversation. So definitely on the same page with what what you're saying with like, you know, building that, those fan relationships.
0: Yeah, definitely. And just to circle back on something, you know, we talked about NFTs earlier and there's, you know, there's a lot of opinions on NFTs. Don't think about NFTs as a way to like monetize fandom. People like to buy t-shirts, right? People like to own CDs and tapes and records and autograph signatures from members of bands because they feel more connected to that artist. Owning a piece of a song, as an example, is the same thing. It's not, don't look at it so much, I think, as an investment or don't even try to approach it like an investment somebody's going to make a million dollars on. It's just another way for somebody to feel connected with shit they love, you know? And, you know, yeah, and the the challenges thing, you know, there was an artist I was chatting with not that long ago, and I love their approach, where they're to get fans to feel invested in the music, you know, doing polls about they'll put up a couple different guitar solos and let fans help che- curate and choose which one makes the song is an example, you know what I mean? Like, that mm-hmm. sounds silly. But man, that's like, if I was 15, and I got asked which you know, Drake verse got, it was going to be the third verse. I, I would love that. You know what I mean? It's just, it's another way to kind of make me feel like there's not this distance between artist and fan. And we've seen that distance shrink and shrink and shrink over the years. And you can say, oh, well, that also has taken some of the mystery out of music, but that's where we are regardless. And I think that's what, you know, people are going to continue to really do a good job of, of that sort of relationship. That's going to keep them having more fans that are willing to pay for what they're doing and will be, you know, ride with them for the long term as opposed to being out, you know, and the next time they put out a single that they don't like, or there's some other brighter, shinier object that comes along, you need to own that
1: relationship. Mm, So good. Yeah, super interesting conversation, because I mean, it does seem like the, the level of investment generally is connected with how much they, I mean, ownership in general is like, I mean, obviously like ownership is a very vague Concept yeah, yeah. that also is like fundamental to our experience of, of life. How, how we view the like our, our identity and what does it mean to own something truly? What does it mean to truly own something? Is it even a real thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a crazy thing. But so much of our, you know, so much of our our lives are about our identities that we've created and and our. And how we express ourselves and music for a lot of people is a major part of that. So bringing them into the process so they can have a voice and they can express themselves through your music, but you're doing it together. Then we're kind of expressing the shared shared identity that seems like it's so crucial to a lot of artists' success is sort of creating this shared expression of identity that comes from being a part of, of this community. 100%. Yeah, sorry, I <laughs> this I this, like kind stuff, this kind of stuff. I can geek out and talk about for this for hours. But, but hey, man, it's been been great connecting, and I really appreciate you taking the time to hop on here and, and share some of the stuff you're working on. I love conversations like this. And for for anyone who's listening to this right now, what would be the best next step if they've if they've been following us along for the the crazy train ride that <laughs> right. we've been on? They're like, wow, there's so you're much. cool here. stuff. Um, of course we'll, we'll make sure to put all the links and and whatnot in the bio for easy access, but could you again, just walk through real quick, the next steps, someone's listening to this right now. They're like, this is awesome. Lander's super cool. I want to connect with Lander and be a part of it. What do you recommend that they do next?
0: Yeah. Jump on the website. There's free, like I said, there's free trials of the mastering. There's free trials of all sorts of stuff that's on there. I would, you know, it's again, I'm being vague, but just do that. Go go check out the website and navigate around a bit. And it's, you know, the, the one thing I'll say is because what we do is so broad, right? The good part about that is there's going to be something that you're probably going to want or need, but there might be stuff that you don't have a use for, right? So that's why it's, it makes it hard for me to say, go check this one thing out because there's so much, but just just be aware. Like that's why you kind of need to go dip a toe and, and play around with the site because yeah. I, I And also, by the way, I'm available. If, if anyone has questions or wants to reach out to me, I'm the best way to hit me up. I don't, we didn't get into this. Thank God we've, you know, cause this would have been a four hour podcast, <laughs> but uh, I, I don't use social media much, but I am obsessed with LinkedIn. I bet you a lot of people listening to this don't use LinkedIn, but man, it's, I say this all the time. It's like my secret sauce in the music industry, but you can find me on LinkedIn, Daniel Rowland. If you ever want to chat, hit me up, force you to make an account, and I, I'll happily answer any questions or provide any direction I can
1: cool maybe, maybe i'll have to check out linkedin a little bit more seriously i'm uh, the same way Hello? right I tend to avoid social media but um, yeah maybe, maybe linkedin is a place cool and i mean Land- lander for sure yeah, so one uh, so so one thing like always we'll, we'll include all the links in the show notes so for easy access go check it out i would highly recommend that you know if you're a musician right now that's listening to this if you haven't yet go check out lander it's an amazing service and and just talk about like how important it is to ha- create a community and <laughs> to raise your your tree in the right environment with the fertilizer <laughs> there we go um, so, got back to it <laughs> so that being said one exercise one practice i would say for everyone who goes in and, and does this try when you join the community make it a make it an exercise or like a challenge for yourself to rather than asking yourself, you know, what can I get from this community as soon as you join, ask yourself how can I contribute to the other people in this community and find 3 other creators or 3 under other posts or three other things that are happening right now in the community and go contribute to them and listen to their music and you know contribute to the community that way and I bet you're going to get 10 times more value. By joining their platform and contributing to that community, then you would have received if you came in and we're just thinking, you know, what's in it for me? How can I, how can I do this? So that's just one small exercise I'd recommend is go to Lander, join the community, check it out, make a post in there and connect with the community and, and contribute to at least three other creators before making an ask.
0: Man, I could, genius. That's the secret of my success has been doing, going and offering value to people and not just looking for value from other people and it's led all my biggest wins have come from exactly what you just said so couldn't have said it better myself
1: mm. awesome well hey man speaking of providing value thanks again for wrapping on today <laughs> this has been awesome i uh, look looking forward to staying in touch and hopefully geek out more about all the stuff that we talked about web3 and and whatnot but yeah until next time yeah! hey it's michael here i hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guests today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then I'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.